Successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM. And if you're listening via iTunes, I greatly appreciate it on podcast today as well. Uh, our website is grillnationshow.com, and you connect with me on social media by searching my name. I'm on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Also on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, all the other social media outlets, LinkedIn. Just search for Jason Grill. Hope you're having a great day today. I appreciate you joining us as always on the Grill Nation Show. Um, I want to first off thank our contributors to the Grill Nation Show. They are the KCADC and Port KC. Uh, appreciate all of you that have supported us over the years, and I'm hopeful that we can continue to grow our uh, supporter list and continue to provide great shows here with great guests on the Grill Nation Show on 9:80 a.m. On today's show, we have a guest who has joined us in the past but hasn't been on the show for a while. Uh, time does fly. Uh, Dr. Amy Patel is joining us. She's the medical director of Liberty Hospitals Women's Imaging uh, and also a clinical assistant professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Uh, Amy is all over social media. I'll have her uh, tell people how she can connect with her, how you can connect with her. But we have a lot of interesting trending topics to discuss today, and she is a thought leader and a research uh, research guru and a leader in the healthcare space. So I'm excited to have her on the show today. Um, Amy, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. What did I miss on your bio? I've got your LinkedIn up. I know you're. You're not always on LinkedIn. So what else do you do? I, I, I probably forgot something there. Sure. Yes. So I'm on Facebook, of course. And then on uh, Twitter and Instagram, my ha- handle is at Amy K. Patel. Awesome. Awesome. So for our listeners who weren't listening to our show uh, back in October of 2019, you came on and talked uh, during uh uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, we wanted to have you on. You're 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 kind of a a reoccurring now um, a thought leader in the industry and in the world of healthcare. Uh, tell us about your background again, so um, people can know your credentials. Yes. So I am a breast radiology specialist. So I am one of those in this country that is specialized in breast health. So I essentially find the breast cancers on imaging, whether it's mammography, ultrasound, MRI, I do biopsies to diagnose the breast cancer. So really, you know, I'm sort of the front line in terms of breast cancer detection and diagnosis uh, and, you know, just play a role, that role in the healthcare team. So um, I'm a breast imaging specialist. And then in addition to that, uh, of the other hats that I wear, I'm also an assistant professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, where I do a lot of teaching with a radiology residents, medical students, uh, that sort of thing, particularly in Kansas City. But on a national scale, I'm involved with uh, radiology political advocacy, 
and, you know, really working hard to make sure women have access to care, not just nationally, but working on uh, additional legislation in the state of Missouri for our patients. Uh, so working on a lot of initiatives, lots of hats, but essentially I'm a, a breast imaging specialist trying to advocate for our patients. And that's at Liberty Hospital, but also you uh, work with other rural hospitals as well, don't you? Correct. Yeah, so I'm actually, so in addition to being medical director of the Women's Imaging Center at Liberty Hospital, I also oversee breast imaging for six uh, rural hospitals in northwest Missouri. So, you know, a huge passion of mine in clinical practice is rural breast health. There are still so many disparities in this country uh, regarding rural breast health, access to care issues, whether it's transportation, financial uh, the list goes on. So I really feel fervently about helping in any way I can to close the gap to healthcare disparities. And I think that stems from my upbringing. I grew up in rural Chillicothe, Missouri. It's about 10,000 people. So it really, you know, is, um, I hold it very close to my heart and I, you know, work really hard every day to try to help close that gap. So, uh, you know, wearing a lot of hats in the clinical space, but I really feel like we're making an impact in Northwest Missouri to really help a lot of women. Mm-hmm. You've been really working hard at that. Um, I saw one of your billboards uh, when I was traveling to, gosh, I can't I think I was up in Liberty or somewhere further north of Liberty, maybe uh, last fall. Yes. Your picture was on a billboard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty neat to see that and uh, very exciting. It's uh, in Excelsior Springs, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just. Important. Oh, yeah. I was driving up to the Elms yeah. for a retreat for a client, yeah. actually. I was there yeah. for a night and I saw it and I, I think I did a uh, quick Snapchat and sent it to your brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, any way that. You know, I can get the word out uh, regarding early detection. You know, I try, whether it's, you know, speaking at a lunch and learn, you know, being on a billboard, whatever I can, you know, speaking on a radio show, whatever I can do to really, uh, you know, get the word out that, you know, early detection saves lives. It's so imperative to get that annual screening mammogram. I am willing to do it. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, Amy, Dr. Amy Patel is our guest. Do- Dr. Patel, you also... Uh, just for our listeners' uh, review, you know, you you kind of left Kansas City for a while. I know you went to the six-year program at UMKC, but you went out east to uh, to a couple places. Uh, talk to us about that and, and why you ended up coming back to Kansas City. Sure. So whenever I was finished with my radiology residency, uh, I did a one-year breast radiology fellowship, which is essentially one year of educational training where you're just focused on breast cancer and breast disease so that you really can become an expert on the subject. So I completed that additional fellowship training at Washington University in St. Louis. And then after I was finished with that fellowship, you know, I really wanted to see kind of what was out there. I had done most of my training, pre, you know, uh, previously before that in the Midwest. So mm-hmm. I actually started practicing uh, at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, which is a Harvard hospital. So I became immersed in the Harvard system. And it was, you know, a really great experience, learned a lot, different pathologic diagnoses, the patient demographics compared to the East Coast and Midwest can be quite different. So I learned a lot 
Uh, and then I garnered just a lot of information, not just clinically, but administratively, et cetera. And I was able to sort of bring all that back to the Midwest to really grow our breast program at Liberty Hospital. And consequently, it has just been really flourishing. And I couldn't be more pleased to see the growth at such an unprecedented rate. Um, we have about a minute left in our first segment. Um, so you're happy you came back to Kansas City and uh, you really are seeing a difference um, in, in what you're doing here, which is exciting. You've been able to implement a lot of things and been able to do it in, in your hometown, essentially. Yes. I mean, and how many people can say that, right? So I'm so fortunate that I'm able to come home. I mean, you know, that old adage, home is where the heart is. I'm, I really, uh, there's a lot of truth in that, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, coming home has been so wonderful for me. And uh, I plan to stay here for a long time, for the long haul anyway. That's awesome. Uh, Dr. Amy Patel is our guest today. We're going to be talking about some recent articles in USA Today and technology fascinating information um, regarding uh, AI in our in our world. And also, we're going to learn more about some of the predictions for the future from Dr. Patel and other ways that uh, she can help you and uh, learn more about this in the medical space. It's going to be an exciting Grill Nation show here today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. We appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason Grill, the host of Grill Nation. This ain't a song for the broken hearted. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at grillnationshow.com where you can find links to all of our old shows as well as photos of our guests. Uh, Great show so far today. I want to thank Dr. Amy Patel, the medical director of Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging and a assistant professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, for joining us on the show today. Um, Amy, you are a uh, big Chiefs fan. It's, uh, it's It's a fun time to be a big Chiefs fan, isn't it? Yes, I've been a Chiefs fan since I, you know, I was born and I'm so excited for this Sunday and uh, I just hope we can pull it off. And <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny um, what that will do for the city on the 50th anniversary of the first Super Bowl, if they can make it. Um, this show is airing, obviously, the day before. And if you're listening via podcast, yeah, we don't know the result of the game yet uh, as we tape. So we're, we're our fingers are crossed and Amy and I. Uh, Dr. Patel and I are both season ticket holders, so we are very yeah. excited. And uh, I know uh, Dr. Patel will be at the game, so uh, bring us home a win, I guess I would say. Well, I'm gonna try. <laughs> we can go to Miami for the Super Bowl then, so that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, Amy Patel is with us again today. Now, um, Dr. Patel, you uh, and I talked before the show about technology, and there's a recent article in USA Today, and uh, other media outlets have covered this, but it's something I wanted to talk about today. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, Google AI is kind of becoming a big thing, and um, this is kind of changing a little bit of way your profession works, potentially, as far as identifying breast cancer and kind of doing it in a more accurate way maybe than a human could do it uh, with the current technology. Talk to us about what you're seeing with Google AI and what this all means. I know you guys have have really kind of embraced technology at, at your centers. But first off, just tell us about this USA Today article and kind of give us a flyover and set the stage of what Google AI is doing. 
Sure. So um, not only was this in USA Today, but it was uh, reported in a lot of media outlets recently. Essentially, there was a study published in Nature, the um, Nature Journal, that talked about um, how AI Google was outperforming uh, breast radiologists. So basically, there were six expert radiologists who interpreted 500 randomly selected cases in a controlled study. And essentially, um, the results demonstrated that the AI, um, artificial intelligence, um, actually outperformed the radiologists in cancer detection. So, um, Which know, is interesting. That, that, yeah. is, that is kind of scary, too, a little bit, right? For somebody it in is, your field. Well, you know, I think that it is... Uh, very exciting to see this because, you know, artificial intelligence, in my opinion, is going to be the future of uh, my profession of radiology. However, it's so crucial to note that we are still very, very, very early uh, with AI research and the implications of AI in actual clinical practice. Because, you know, the fact of the matter is in clinical practice, situations are much more complicated, you know, and this study particularly, um, there's there were so many sort of uh, limitations, right? So uh, particularly uh, whenever these radiologists were interpreting these mammograms, they did not separate what is known as our conventional 2D mammography technology from our 3D uh, technology, which is the newest and latest 3 mammography technology. And there are differences in 2D and 3D mammography in general. And in this study, they didn't even separate them. We're not clear of the patient population uh, from this study, apart from age that was demonstrated in the study. And we know that there's certain populations that are more susceptible to breast cancer, um, particularly those who have inherited gene mutations. Uh, and then, you know, it's important to note that some large uh, cancers in the study were actually missed by artificial intelligence, but caught by the radiologists. So the authors of this study do note that you know, AI might someday have a role in aiding in the detection of early breast cancer, but there, there's going to need to be a lot of clinical trials to further assess sort of the utility of this tool in medical practice. But it's still very exciting. And I think that ultimately in the future, AI will just help us what we do as breast imaging specialists and radiologists. It will just help us be better. But I don't think that ultimately it will replace us as, like I said, in clinical practice, the situations can be very complex. That's a great thing to point out with the human element and the complexity. It's not always black and white. Um, and I uh, I see this in a lot of industries, right? There's there's a lot of technologies potentially changing um, people that do kind of more of the detection service industry type things. Um, I, I like how you how you kind of phrase that and how you kind of said it. It's going to be a, it's a positive thing. It's not a negative. And most people in incumbency or who have great companies or whatnot kind of shy away from a lot of these new technologies uh, instead of embracing them. I mean, we look at uh, when ATMs happened to come about, people thought banks would, would never exist anymore. Or there wouldn't be a need for a teller. Or there wouldn't be a need for a human being. And uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of that being talked about with autonom autonomous cars and logistics and with, uh, with customer service and restaurants and all kinds of things. But they still have like a person who kind of is involved at some level. So even in your industry, with really high, high end kind of important issues and detection issues, I mean, I think that the way that you've kind of embraced technology is important. 
Yeah, I mean, we know that artificial intelligence, like I said, we really do feel it is the future of radiology. It will help us, uh, you know, help us in clinical practice be better in a lot of ways. I think that, um, you know, particularly if you look at different country demographics, so particularly, so uh, when you look at this study, there it involved both um, exams from the UK and from the United States. Well, we know that particularly in the United Kingdom, there's a huge shortage of radiologists. And so, uh, for them, particularly, this could be very, very helpful. Um, we don't see as much of a shortage here in this country. And of course, the healthcare systems are, are vastly different. But it's important to note, particularly for any sort of patient undergoing breast imaging, you really cannot replace the human element. Uh, a large part of my day is talking to patients, telling them what I see, what I'm recommending. You know, so there's a lot of that human element. And when the results come back, going over those results, what does this mean? What is the diagnosis? entail. So, you know, AI can't do that. And so that human touch, that human element is so crucial to what we do as breast imagers and just cannot be replaced. Dr. Amy Patel is with me today. Um, and then two false positives. I'm looking at the article right now can cause anxiety and um, results show abnormalities, even though no cancer is present. Uh, that's something else to look into. And sometimes uh, without technology, you know, five and 10 cases maybe aren't seen. There's all kinds of studies by the American Cancer Society. And one thing I thought was fascinating, I saw a speech on uh, the Kansas uh, folks doing stuff with cancer research and whatnot. And they were saying that in 30 years ago, I think it was 49% of of cancers were uh, manageable or treatable. And, and now it's up to like 70%. I mean, it's still not 100%, right? And so mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy that it's that right. we've put in so much effort in technology but yet new strands happen and there's different, I'm, I'm not a doctor, obviously, of, of yeah. medicine, but it, it's interesting to me that we've made a lot of inroads in your profession, but it's still, we still have a long ways to go and hopefully technology can help with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've made incredible, you know, inroads because of the sort of the collectiveness of the field. So for example, you know, not just the technology, but the actual drugs that we're using to treat patients. So collectively, it's really helped save more lives. And, um, you know, but ultimately, I think this technology, particularly with AI, and particularly with breast ultrasound, I think will really help uh, you know, you talk about false positives. Well, you know, at Liberty Hospital now, we do have just introduced um, AI art, or artificial intelligence breast ultrasound. And it is showing to be very promising, particularly in the reduction of false positive results. Yeah. Talk to me about that, because we've, we've mentioned the USAID article, but you have a actual ultrasound tool at your breast center in Kansas City that is is one of the first, if might not be the first um, center to use this technology. Tell me more about that, the similarities, the differences. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, you know, this study that we talked about that was published in Nature focused on artificial intelligence mammography. And that is a totally different imaging modality than artificial intelligence breast ultrasound. Now, artificial intelligence breast ultrasound is, in my opinion, really going to be transformative in the field of breast imaging. And I'm very fortunate that we were able to bring this technology uh, to Liberty Hospital. And we are the first breast center in Kansas City to uh, in the Kansas City area to offer this technology. And we're the first breast center in the entire Midwest to partner with Kios, who is the company that has devised this AI breast ultrasound technology. And it's pretty remarkable. So essentially, this 
tool is a machine learning algorithm that's based on essentially over 400,000 cases where it differentiates between benign and cancerous lesions. And it's showing to have a reduction in false positives of over 30%. Uh, this has been in existence in terms of the research that has been done back to 2015. And now we're seeing, you know, false positive reduction of uh, you know, over 30%. So for a patient, what does that mean? Well, that means less unnecessary biopsies. That means a reduction in anxiety. And, um, you know, patients are really uh, very intrigued by this. So for example, uh, I had a patient that called me just the other day and said, I saw your article um, that was published by Liberty Hospital about this new AI breast ultrasound tool you have. And I am not a patient of yours, but I had a mammogram and workup done at another facility. They did a biopsy. I went through so much pain and it was horrible and it ended up coming back benign. And I wonder if I came to Liberty and you used that AI technology on me, if it would have prevented an unnecessary biopsy. Mm -hmm. And consequently, you know, she switched over to us because right. in the future, if she's called back for something, we can use that tool to really see um, essentially if we need to, if she needs further testing like a biopsy. That's right. But I, yeah, but I also want to note too that although it really helps us um, act as a second opinion consult, ultimately the decision of something that's biopsied or followed up or just called benign, meaning they don't need to follow up on the finding, that comes down to me. But this AI tool can really help act as a second opinion and yes. sort of help me with um, sort of my diagnostic accuracy and reaffirming already my clinical suspicion. And Amy, we're going to talk more about that after the break. You're listening to Grill Nation Show. I walk a lonely road, the only Welcome back to the Grill Nation show on 980 AM. I am your host, Jason Grill. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation show, as well as find me on other social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and the like, LinkedIn. I like uh, connecting with the listeners and also um, having these great guests on the show. It's always interesting. And, and today is no exception to the rule if you're listening on 980 AM or on iTunes to the Grill Nation show or at our website, grillnationshow.com. We're joined today again by Dr. Amy Patel, who is a amazing doctor in the area. She is a the medical director of Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging and also a assistant professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. We've been talking about technology and kind of how it affects uh, breast cancer um, detection and kind of what the future looks like and what, what they're doing at their hospital uh, with regards to uh, ultrasound and, and AI. Um, Amy, I wanted to talk to you more about uh, AI and medical imaging and and if you have any other predictions for what we're looking at in the future in the industry, uh, in the medical industry, but more importantly in uh, in your industry with technology. Yeah, so, you know, like I talked about in the last segment, I really do think that artificial intelligence is the future of radiology, and not just with uh, breast cancer detection, uh, but also with we're seeing AI uh, rolling out for so many other subspecialties of radiology, uh, whether it's uh, thyroid lesions or liver lesions. Uh, so, so many things to help us aid in the detection of early cancer in all different parts of the body. So, it's pretty incredible to see. Um, like I mentioned before in the last segment, we're still very early with all of this. I mean, there's still 
going to there's going there's a lot of research that's going on right now but there's going to need to be a lot of trials in clinical practice to really see the efficacy of this technology but i mean the fact of the matter is that particularly in this country we have very high uh, imaging volume. So the, our volumes for radiological studies is just increasing exponentially, which is leading to radiologists working extremely hard. Burnout is a very real thing. There are implications of a radiology shortage in the future, particularly with our uh, older uh, radiology demographic retiring. And so having something like AI to help us in, in times of need and to help us be better at what we do really in the end, at the end of the day will benefit our patients. So like I said, I don't think radiologists will be replaced, uh, but this is just going to help us at what we do better. And it's just ultimately going to help our patients even better. Mm -hmm. um, switching gears now, I mean, I want to talk to you about confusion, myths, uh, truths around mam uh, mammography guidelines. Um, can you speak more on uh, what you recommend as a breast imaging specialist in these areas and kind of take us through some of the guidelines and myths? Sure. So, you know, it's unfortunate because there are a lot of different recommendations for screening mammography based on different organizations, which then can cause a lot of confusion to patients. But it's important to note that uh, groups such as the American College of Radiology, Society of Breast Imaging, American Society of Breast Surgeons, the American College of OB-GYNs, we all recommend annual screening mammography in average risk women beginning at the age of 40, and you should continue to do so as long as you're in good health. Uh, but however, if you're high risk, which means you have a greater than 20% lifetime risk of breast cancer in your lifetime, we now are recommending that you receive annual screening mammography alternating every six months with supplemental screening in the form of breast MRI or ultrasound uh, starting at the age of 30 and annually. So uh, we also now recommend that any woman of any color is risk assessed for breast cancer by age 30, because if we can identify her as being above average risk or high risk sooner, we can get her on the heightened surveillance track sooner. We do think as a breast cancer community, we're underestimating breast cancer risk in young women, uh, particularly in this country. So that is why we are coming out so aggressively with these recommendations. And then finally, if you are between the ages of 25 and 29 and you are deemed high risk, whether you are a mutational carrier, uh, which puts you at increased risk for breast cancer like BRCA or CHECK2 or one of those mutations, we recommend annual MRI between the ages of 25 to 29. And then when you hit the age of 30, you would start doing annual mammography, alternating with that breast MRI every six months. Mm -hmm. You, uh, One of the reasons why this is important and why you speak so much about it is because in the United States, per research, the uh, U.S. cancer or U.S. breast cancer death rate, and since 1980s, has dropped in half. Talk to us about that because that seems like that's pretty amazing with with how cancer still affects folks. That the death rate has has dropped in half yeah, in the last so, what? That's what 40 years? About 40 yeah, years. So 
one of the reasons why, particularly with breast cancer, uh, the breast cancer death rate has plummeted nearly 35% is because of the advent of screening mammography programs, which came into existence in the mid-1980s. So that's why it's so important why I stress early detection, early detection, because we have data that demonstrates that death cancer rate has plummeted because of our robust screening mammography program in this country and early detection. Mm -hmm. How has public policy played a role in that, Amy? Because I, I'm imagining at some point uh, your insurance didn't cover those types of uh, screenings, and now they do. And that yeah, was probably so, a policy initiative. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately in this country, not every state has legislation passed to cover mammographic screening. But in Missouri and Kansas, we are fortunate now that there uh, is legislation, particularly in Missouri, that was passed in April of 2018 that private insurers in Missouri have to cover the cost of annual screening mammography in average risk women starting at age 40, which is a huge victory. Because but still, still crazy, yeah. though, Dr. Patel, that mm -hmm. uh, it didn't happen until 2018. Yeah, it is um, pretty crazy because the previous mammography legislation in Missouri, it had not been edited since 1992, and it only uh, allowed coverage of women uh, to receive a mammogram or have coverage for a mammogram every other year starting at age 50. So it was high time that we changed that. And now, you know, we're trying to make strides to cover these high-risk women because particularly those women who are deemed high-risk between the ages of 30 and 39, you know, they usually will have to pay for their mammograms out of pocket, and that is not fair to them. These women are high-risk. We've deemed them high-risk, and they do need that coverage. So, so, you know, a lot of women can't afford that. So we're working on that, particularly in our state, and mm -hmm. it is not a novel concept. There are multiple other states right now that have introduced or passed legislation for high-risk women, I mentioned Colorado before, uh, Texas, Arkansas. Um, so there's so many states that are now sort of uh, advocating for patients. And it's so crucial that we as specialists work with our state legislatures to essentially pass this crucial legislation. And, and not just at the state level. I mean, at the federal level, too, we are working vociferously with, you know, mammography, breast cancer champions. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz from Florida, she is a huge advocate. She was diagnosed with premenopausal breast cancer. She is of Ashkenazi Jewish descent, meaning that they tend to have uh, breast cancer, uh, essentially breast cancer gene mutations that put them at risk. So she's been very, very instrumental. But we've also had others across the aisle, like Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, who's been very crucial as well for women to receive mammography coverage in this country. Mm -hmm. So it is an issue that we uh, uh, folks need to focus on. Uh, you mentioned it's not a novel concept. That's good to hear that, that a lot of other states have embraced it. And, and hopefully in the future, uh, it can get down to 30 for high-risk uh, women. But we also forget to talk about men. And uh, I know that's been a point of yours. Uh, not a huge uh, sector, but there are men that could be affected with this, uh, this cancer as well. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in her lifetime. Uh, in men, it's one in 800. So it is, you know, less common. However, I 
I'm various. I'm a very staunch proponent of men if they do feel a lump or something abnormal on their breasts that they need to get that evaluated. Now, the vast majority of cases will end up being benign and not cancer. However, there are some men who will be more susceptible, particularly those of Ashkenazi Jewish descent, those who carry a mutational a mutation that puts them at risk, particularly men who are diagnosed with prostate cancer. Sometimes we identify them to have the breast cancer gene BRCA2, which would make them at risk for breast cancer. So those men should be, you know, receiving surveillance to ensure that we aren't missing a breast cancer in them. So it's, you know, although rare, I still think it's very important that if a man does feel a symptom to not ignore it and particularly if he has some sort of genetic predisposition to please address that Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Amy Patel is our guest she is uh, the medical director at Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging uh, also an assistant professor at University of Missouri Kansas City and a graduate of the UMKC uh, med program Uh, uh, Amy Dr. Amy Patel what is your uh, website excuse me for uh, the hospital if you just go to um, libertyhospital.org and slash women it will come up to the women's health page and or if you just google Liberty Hospital women's imaging then it'll go you can click directly on our uh, website which has a lot of educational tools videos uh, what we offer we offer the full comprehensive breast imaging services anywhere from a mammogram to MRI to MRI guided breast biopsy we do it all so um, it's a really neat website check it out definitely we'll do that libertyhospital.org um Great, great, great website. I'm also seeing some work you guys have done uh, with Mizzou orthopedics uh, surgeons. I, I heard a uh, speech from one of the founders of that organization at, down in Columbia. Uh, fascinating, fascinating group as well. Dr. Amy Patel is our guest. In our final segment today, we are going to talk about the My Generation campaign, and we'll get into some more fun topics with Dr. Patel. You're listening to Grill Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. I am your host, Jason Grill. Appreciate you listening to the whole show today. Thanks for all of your support over the years with Grill Nation. We got some great episodes coming up, so I appreciate you uh, sticking with us over these years. And today has been a great show with Dr. Amy Patel. She's on Twitter at Amy K. Patel. Uh, Amy, we are both Leos, I'm realizing. You're an August uh, baby as well. Look at that. Yes, absolutely. Go Leos. We uh, we're Go outgoing. Leos. We're outgoing Type A's. That's for sure. Yes, we are. Very, <laughs> we are definitely the definition of extroverted Type A. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Patel is uh, the medical director at Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging and an assistant professor at UMKC. Her website is obviously libertyhospital.org. You can search for the the programs and the amazing things they're doing um, at Liberty Hospital and women's breast imaging there on the website. We've been talking a lot about technology, a lot about AI, a lot about uh, guidelines. Legislation has also played a role in today's show. Uh, obviously, you're a thought leader in the in this space throughout the country, and you're very involved here locally and in not only in Kansas City, but also in a lot of rural areas in our state. Uh, as well. 
you are a uh, very excited about a new campaign that you wanted to talk about. You mentioned off air the Liberty Hospitals My Generation campaign. Amy, tell us more about that and, and what that's all about and how people can get involved with that. Absolutely. So we have a very an innovative and amazing campaign right now at Liberty Hospital called the My Generation campaign. And essentially it focuses on how women of different generations, they have different health care needs and Liberty Hospital can provide that care for all women. And that begins with from primary care to the birthing center, uh, to women's imaging and mammography services, bone density scans, uh, to even seeing a heart or orthopedic specialist. You mentioned uh, the partnership that Liberty Hospital now has with University of Missouri with MU Orthopedics. So, um, you know, what's been really remarkable to see at Liberty Hospital is it is, you know, arguably the main leading hospital in the Kansas City area that's really putting an emphasis on women's health. And going into the future, it is one of the major pillars the hospital is going to focus on. So for women in, you know, the Northland, Northwest Missouri, Southern Iowa, I mean, this is just really fantastic for women to bring them such cutting edge care for all generations, you know, from the minute you're born uh, up until, you know, elderly age. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to be seeing billboards about that throughout town. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, there are already, if you notice, there's some electronic billboards right now that are, uh, you know, showing some My Generation campaign material. And, uh, you know, like the other day I was going down south to the plaza and I saw, you know, our My Generation, the digital billboard pop up as I was crossing the bridge. So uh, they're already out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Liberty Hospital yeah. is offering women's health care for a lifetime, and that is part of the My Generation campaign. It's also on their website at libertyhospital.org. Uh, Amy, we you work all the time. You're involved in a lot of stuff. You really put yourself out there and really do a lot of, uh, of, of communications work, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. Tell us about why you think that's important and uh, just the different avenues, both that you, you, you're willing to take on from a local and national perspective. So, yeah, you know, for me, what I do as a breast radiologist, it's not just a, a You're job. different from most doctors is what yeah, I'm putting out I, here. <laughs> I know, maybe I'm crazy, I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, for me, it really is a lifestyle and it's a passion of mine to educate and advocate for our women. And, you know, I think that particularly as we as physicians, you know, all physicians, they work very, very hard. It takes us a long time to get to this point and then to serve our patients. And so doing these additional advocacy outreach sort of things, you know, it, it's it's additional time and, and it can be difficult to do that in addition to a, a full clinical load, et cetera. But, you know, for me personally, I just think it's so imperative. I have this knowledge. I need to get out there. I need to educate our patients, debunk misconceptions, because ultimately I want to save more lives. And like I that I want to close the gap to breast care disparities in our state, uh, in this part of the country uh, that badly, badly needs it. So for me, it really is a passion and lifestyle, and I'll continue to keep advocating and educating as long as I can. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of research happening, too, which I know that you're, you're staying up to date on with regards to cancer and cancer, uh, killing cancer, and, and just there's so many different things happening in that area. Uh, I've learned a lot about that over the last couple of months. There, a program I've done uh, with the uh, Civic Council with Kansas City Tomorrow, and just finding out all of the different things that are happening in Kansas City with regards to research. You know, we don't have a tier one research university per se. We do have the power of you. Met, you know, you work at UMKC. We have KU. We have MU. We have. 
Kansas State. There's there's a lot of, of universities around us that are really trying their best to to, to research a lot of these things and to, to help kind of find a, a long-term cure for all types of cancer, which is exciting. Absolutely. Uh, Amy, you, uh, you also have some time where you can enjoy Kansas City, I hope, now that you're uh, a full-time resident of Kansas City uh, and Missouri. So let's talk about some of your favorite places to go and get to know you a little better. Um, what, what do you like to do in your spare time in Kansas City? I know we're in the winter right now, but let's imagine that it's, it's 60 degrees outside today and uh, you can do about anything you want. What, what are some of your favorite places to eat, some of your favorite places maybe to, to, to hang out? Or, and what, what do you like to do? Yeah, so um, I have pretty diverse interests, as you already alluded to. I'm a huge uh, Chiefs fan. I'm a huge Kansas City sports fan. So whether, you know, it's a Royals game or a Sporting KC match, uh, I try to go if I can. Um, I also like fine art. So I'm a, a season ticket holder for the Kansas City Symphony. So I really enjoy attending the symphony. Um, now I that, is at, that is at the uh, Kauffman Center? Yes, for the and it's a beautiful venue, absolutely beautiful. And then, you know, I, I actually like attending the opera. So if I didn't go into medicine, I was going to be a music major because I sing and my concentration was opera. So I'm very... Wow, uh, look yeah. at you. I didn't know that. How was... <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Was there a lot of... Uh, you might have been one of the only people doing that in Chillicothe when you were growing yeah, up. Yeah, so my parents were... They're just incredible human beings and they would drive me once a week for voice lessons in Kansas City. Uh, so it really helped me sort of craft my skills. So... You know, I was fortunate to get offered a scholarship from the UMKC Conservatory, but ultimately I got into this six-year med program and I ended up choosing that for my career choice. Do you like sports and art? What about uh, restaurants? Where do you like to go uh, out to eat? Anything, yeah, anything new so, you've been to lately? Yeah, so, um, you know, I really enjoy a lot. There's just so many great restaurants in Kansas City. Uh, so I like to try, you know, I really like Corvino, uh, mm -hmm. particularly the tasting room. It's just one of my favorite places to go. Um, yeah, they, they really have yeah. a good good thing going there, I think. <laughs> they do. And even, you know, some of the ones that have been in existence for a while, you know, I love La Bodega. I think it's delicious. Um, Spanish tapas are definitely my thing. Uh, we have an incredible Mexican in town. I mean, uh, uh, Garozo's Italian, you know, obviously that is a very traditional classic. Yeah, yeah, very traditional. And then the barbecue, I mean, gosh, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to move back was the Kansas City barbecue. So uh, love, you know, Q39, Jack Stack, you know, all the Joe's KC barbecue, you know, I'm eating there quite a bit. <laughs> if you want to find me, go to on the barbecue joints. You are getting your fill of barbecue, and that's something that I need to do more of. I I haven't done it as much. Um, I, I I I indulge in it very uh, rarely, but when I do, I realize, man, I I know how much I love burn ends. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Amy Patel I, uh, has been our guest. She is all over the internet. She's on LinkedIn. She's on Twitter at Amy K Patel. She's on Facebook. The Liberty Hospital is at libertyhospital.org. Again, the My Generation campaign is exciting, and they're doing all kinds of cool, innovative, uh, new technology th uh, things over at Liberty Hospital and in her uh, in her division as managing, excuse me, medical director of the Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging Center. Uh, Dr. Patel, I appreciate you coming on the show today, and thanks for your uh, thanks for your knowledge that you share with us uh, once in a while here on the Grill Nation Show. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you very much, and thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. I don't practice.